Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, I'm today I'm speaking as something that but it's not just for you, but uh, it's, I think it's for all of us, uh, also for those who's going to listen later. And something we don't really talk about very much anymore. Um, we talk a lot about me being blessed, but the foundation of Christianity, foundation of our faith, is sacrifice. Okay, we have to understand that Christianity is like what you would call a blood religion, where it starts with that Jesus, he died for each one of us. He sacrificed. You know, the, the Bible, John 3.16 starts out saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And now it's up to how do you and I respond to that? And, and in response, it's not like we make a mental agreement. It's not like that we think, oh, that sounds really beautiful, that sounds really nice. Oh, yeah, I can, I'll have a little bit of that. No, it's for us to respond. Is that as he sacrificed, he laid his life down for us. Now, in our response, we lay our lives down for him. That's why with Jesus, you know, Jesus, he said in his relationship, uh, it's, no, it's not I who live, okay, but it's the Father who lives in me. And, um, and I was, I don't know what I'm sleeping on here. <coughs> Uh, I was uh, reading in the Danish translation of when the Holy Spirit comes upon Gideon, and it's actually, this is the best translation I've seen of that verse, but it's basically saying that, <coughs> now this it describing the anointing, that the Holy Spirit dresses himself in Gideon. Meaning, so now you can see, the, so, the, so now it's the Holy Spirit that expresses himself through Gideon. It's not like what we have been taught in the charismatic circles, that we're using the Holy Spirit to express us. But it's the Holy, because now what we're talking about for us to be able to have that position is talking about that we are yielding. Okay, it's a long time since you heard that word in the church too, that because that we are yielding to the Holy Spirit. That's faith, that we, we let Him guide us, we let Him lead us. If you I remember, is it, uh, the vision of Jeremiah when he, he's asked to walk in the river at the temple and when he's in water at the ankles, the knees, hips, and so on and forth. And now, but where God really wants him, he wants him where it's no longer him standing in the water, but now it's the water that carries him. Okay, basically we now, it's a good, beautiful image of that, you know, that we have to live a life trusting the word that it's the word that carries us, but not just us using the word while we are still in control, okay? And I don't know about, you know, it's far easier to move in water when you're yielding to the water, okay? When you try, have you ever tried to run in water? It's really hard, it's really tough. And, but when you start yielding, it's the same thing. It's really difficult to live the Christian life if we are not yielded, if we are not uh, committed to, it's him who lives and not me. If I have an agenda with God, it is the spiritual life becomes really, really hard. It becomes frustrating because of you end up having unanswered prayer because your prayers will be wrong because of it's no longer I who live, it's him who lives through me. And um, many years ago, I, I, that was when Benny Hinn was under a lot of persecution. He usually get, get that every 10 years. And, and the first time he went through it was in 92. I heard, and I heard him preach a sermon. 
that um, uh, we want to see Jesus. And it's from the Gospel of John where he talks about that unless a seed falls into the ground and die. Mm. Okay? You know, and, and the context of that is that when the disciples are asked by the people that they want to see Jesus. And when the disciples come to Jesus and say, you know, by the way, the guys, we want to see you. And when Jesus gives them a farming lesson, unless the seed falls into the ground and die. You know, I'm, I, I know some Christians, they say, they, they say like, oh, I would have loved to be around when Jesus was alive. I say, I'm glad I was not around when Jesus was around because I wouldn't have, thought, I wouldn't have got a clue of what he was saying. You know, at least we got a book and we could go back and study it again and read. But he said, Jesus, they want to see you. And when he answered, oh, unless you see it falls into the ground and die. The two disciples what, what did he just say? He said, unless you see it falls into the ground and die. Yeah, but that's not what we asked him. But what he was saying was, remember what Jesus said? He said, there's so many stones here. <laughs> that, uh, that um, oh, what is it? Uh, well, no, no, it's just, uh, no, he said that when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And the question was, we want to see Jesus. So what we didn't realize, he was actually answering the question. Because Jesus said, if you see me, you, you don't see me, you see the Father. The, the, the question was, we want to see Jesus. How can the world see Jesus? It's through you and me. Because if they shouldn't see you and me, they should see Jesus. That's why he said, unless the seed falls to the ground and die, he shows what, how it happens so that the world can see Jesus. How did it happen? That Jesus, when he hung on the cross and he died for our sin. Okay, that's the seed that has to be laid into the ground and die. And now the world can see Jesus. Amen. And, we, and what I'm going to talk today about is that there is a power in a sacrifice. Amen. Uh, I, you know, but one thing that I, I will, I read a book, uh, it's, it's a very easy book to read, by this guy, the former spin doctor of Tony Blair, I was named Alistair Campbell. He wrote a book called Winners, and it's very, <clears throat> but what he does, he, 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 he takes a lot of people, and when he tried to uh, go down and, um, and see why did they become champions, in their respective fields. What was, is there some kind of common denominator for why that person become a great surfer? Uh, why is that person becoming a great tennis player? Or why did that person become a great scientist and so on? And he came basically to the conclusion they all knew how to sacrifice or die. And they made conven inconvenience their friend. You know, he came basically to, you know, and it's the same thing with you and I as believers that you have to understand that, yes, I know our labor can do not, cannot add to it, but the, thing, the way you have to understand that in context is that grace in the body of Christ is not that you should not pray. Do you understand? Grace is not that I should not read the Bible. Grace is not that I shouldn't fellowship with believers, okay? No, grace is that when I open my mouth, God hears. Okay, that's grace. Grace is that when I read the word of God, God opens up his word and brings me revelation. That's grace. Okay, the apostle Paul, he says, by his grace, I work 
harder than anyone else. Amen. And I'm telling you that when I look back at my own life, I, I grew up in the Word of Faith movement and we heard a lot about seed faith. We heard a lot about sowing and weeping. And yes, I know that over the years that teaching has been abused, misused and so on. But nevertheless, it is still true that there is power in a seed. Okay, you know the phrase I told you before, I say, you know, it's a catchphrase, and I, I, me, I hate slogans, really, but it's like, if you have a need, sow a seed. Okay, you know, Jesus said in Mark 4, and in the King James Version, he talks about in Mark 4, that Jesus is teaching his doctrine. Okay, his doctrine, he didn't say Jesus is teaching a parallel, he say is Jesus is teaching his Doctrine. Basically, let me. This is this is the foundational teaching where all other teachings are founded upon. That's what you know. When someone has a doctrine, okay, you will hear that. Uh, you probably heard this in the news now. That what, what is Russia's nuclear doctrine, so to speak. So meaning, this is the foundation for what what uh, procedures are there in place for them to press the nuclear button or something like that. So. So Jesus has, in Mark 4, he said, this is his doctrine. And we know Mark 4 is about the sower who goes out and sow the seed. Amen. And, uh, and if you turn to Acts chapter 10, there's an interesting verse. Uh, and uh, it's a groundbreaking time, actually. This is the time where the gospel starts breaking into the world. Up until then... The Jewish people, they thought the world was the Jewish world. Okay, remember Jesus said in Great Commission that you should be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the rest of the world. But up until then, the Jewish people, the first disciples, the first church, they believed the world was the Jewish world. Everything else was just dogs and Gentiles. That was it. Okay, that's why that if you read about Agabus, in the book of Acts, he, he prophesies about there is going to be a worldwide famine. And there was a famine worldwide in the Jewish world. Okay? And, uh, and, but here, there's a, ground, there's, a, there's a Roman officer, a Roman soldier called Cornelius, and he had prayed. And now this is what I, I think it's in 31. And he said, Cornelius... Your prayer, this is the angel of God who comes to Cornelius, and he and said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard, and now the, the, the second part is, and your arms, or you can say your gifts, and your arms are had, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Do you know what? We, we, and our physical gift is recognized in heaven. Now, this is what the angel of God says to Cornelius here. Your prayers has been heard and your arms, your physical gifts, has been remembered in heaven as a remembrance of you. Amen. And, you, and, you know, and now remember the woman who came to Jesus and sacrificed and anointed him with the expensive perfume. Some people believe it was Mary Magdalene and so on. I don't know about that. But, or, but with her, I just, there's one thing I do know about it. She was not a prostitute. Okay? Church traditions, they always portray her as she's a prostitute. The Bible does not say that. This is something that the early church 
fathers uh, made up because they didn't like women in ministry, so so they had to degrade her in that way. So she was not a prostitute. The Bible definitely don't say that she is okay. But anyway, but our physical gifts makes a difference spiritually. Do, do you understand? I remember, and this is something that I uh, that we we need to get back into teaching because of it's about your breakthrough, it's about my breakthrough. That you know, when you stand in front of a situation, the first thing we should really think about is I need to sow a seed. I need to uh, you know uh, I need to uh, activate my faith. You see, many times in the Old Testament, uh, it starts out with Moses. When God calls Moses, so Moses he keeps saying, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't speak and so on and blah blah blah. You know, uh, have you noticed? It's amazing how good that we are at say, saying to God what we can't. And when we say, Oh Jesus, we submit to you, and when we spend the whole time telling God we can't do what He asks us to do, okay? But what did God say to Moses? What is in your hand? Amen. And I'm, I can tell you that each one of us today, whatever is on your heart to achieve, to accomplish the, the dreams and the purpose and the plan that God has for you, you have already in your life all you need to achieve that. It might not look like that now because where you have it now, might you might have it in seed form. So for that to be activated, it has to be sown, so to speak. Okay, uh, we can call so uh, the best way to sow is to you lose control. Okay, uh, like uh, when first time I always say this is this is the greatest offering I ever given. Uh, that was when I started out in the ministry. That was during the time when I had this where I should where I live so called by faith. Uh, where I was not on social benefits, okay. I I didn't uh, I didn't have a job. My job was to pray, basically to learn how to trust God, learn how not to tell everyone else my needs, but tell God what I need. So I had a year where the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, "Can you do that?" And you know, I grew up in a society where every I think over 50% of the Danish population nearly. It, in one way or another, uh, depended on government funding in one way or another. Okay. Anyway, and I have a little bit of money, and I went. I remember I went to a meeting, and because I was a preacher, I was sitting in front, and uh, I was preaching prosperity. Okay. Um, and when in the beginning of the meeting, the Holy Spirit said to me, "I should give everything that I had." And everything that I had in my pocket was something that was equivalent to 20p. Okay? You know, from at first I thought, that shouldn't be difficult to give 20p. But that was all I had. And you know, sometimes we can, we can have a focus upon something that is completely non-essential. But when you are in it, you're thinking, this is just so important. And I can remember God said to me, I want you to give that 20p. And I said, I don't want to give that 20p. That's, that's all I have. And then the second thing was because I didn't want to be humiliated in the same way because of, I was the first one where the offering bucket was coming to, which means 
Everyone could see what I've given. You know, if I was four, five, six, I could always uh, hide in the crowd or something like that. And now, because it was a coin, and in that particular church, the offering basket was a metal basket. So, and, and, and God says, you, I want you to give it all. I said, no, I'm not going to give it all. Uh, I can give it somewhere else, but, it, but, but, but as you know, as, as, there's no point, and I learned that over the years, there's no point arguing with God because he always gets his way anyway, so I, I might as well save the time. When I put that 20p in that offering bucket, okay, no, like, I, all my needs were met. I had everything in my life for all my needs to be met, but I had it in seed form, okay? It didn't it did look like the 20p could get me a dinner, could get me milk, could get me whatever I needed, but I had everything that I needed in seed form. Now, the key was for that seed to work was it needs to go out beyond my control. And when the offering came, Finally, I got in, and I'm telling you, it sounded like Big Ben when that 20p hit the bucket. You know, it probably didn't, but it did in my ears. I just, you know, you know how it is, but sometimes you feel everyone is just looking at you, and no one is looking at you, but you just feel it. And I just felt everyone just heard this 20p because it was like bang, okay? And then, if I, and I can still remember the looks because when the bucket, offering bucket came to the next guy, he looked down, and then he looked at me. I said, I, I could read his face. It's a, I'm this prosperity guy. <laughs> you know, I knew it was just words. But he didn't know that this was everything that I had. This was my seat. Okay. Now you had some. Remember when the woman with the two might? Did you know Jesus? He he looks at what you're giving in the offerings. What did you do today? She said, oh, I went to the temple. Oh, what did you do in the temple? Did you pray? No, I was keeping an eye on what people were giving in the offerings. Can you imagine that? Oh, Mrs. Oh, so that was not a... No, so, but he remember, so he said, he saw the rich people, they gave big amounts, and when there was the woman with the two mites, see, what, what do you think, how, many, how much money do you think she gave? Two mites, two coins, okay? But the thing, but Jesus said she gave far more than all of them. Why was it like that? Because when offerings are, the way we measure what we have given is not based upon how much is given, so to speak. It's measured upon how much have you got left afterwards. That's how God measures our offerings. No, when when Jesus when God gave His only begotten Son, there was not a Son number two in heaven to give. He gave everything. Amen. He gave everything. That's why that when we come to seed and sacrifice, there is no such thing as a ninety percent sacrifice. Actually, if you don't give everything, you very often can get hurt. Remember that Ananias and Sapphira, really. What I see as the, the, the issue with them was that they, they didn't give everything. They, they tried it out. And you know what? With, with any relationship, with anything you're trying out, it never works. Um, in football, if you, if, if, you know, when you play football, when, it doesn't matter if you're small or big, but when you tackle, 
you must not be intimidated by the opposition's uh, size. No, sometimes if you're small, you can be, and when this big guy, he wants to tackle you, you can uh, by nature pull back, but the way to protect yourself is to tackle as hard as you can. If you pull back, you can get injured, but if you tackle as hard as you can, you're safe. And it's the same thing with, with uh, Ananias and Sapphira. They heard about the offerings and, uh, and how God blessed and so on. So they wanted to try it out. But because we just tried it out, it was not a sacrifice. Okay? It's like when you get married, you can't just get married to try it out. Okay? And let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, then we'll just do something else. No, you get hurt. You know, when you say, I do, you did. That's it. There is not a, I changed my mind. No, when you said, I do, I did. Amen? It's the same thing when you and I, we meet Jesus. There's not so, we cannot have one, one leg in the world and one leg in the kingdom and then try to get both worlds to work. You, you will get hurt. Okay? There is a group of people who is trying to do that. They are called the Samaritans. You know, the Samaritans in the Bible, that's why the Jewish people do not want to communicate with the Samaritans. Because of the Samaritans, they want God of Abraham and they want the good of the world. So they mixed it together. Okay, so you can see the Samaritan woman, she knows a bit about Abraham and so on. They say we worship on this mountain or that mountain and so on and so forever. So they had a mixture. Okay? And the same thing when it comes to sacrifices, when we sow a seed, we must do it 100%. Not just, let me see how this works. You know, that there are many people who grew up with the same kind of teaching as I grew up with, with the prosperity teaching. And you know that many of them, it never worked for them. It wasn't because of I was uh, more blessed than they were. No, it was because of I, was, I put myself at a point there was only one thing I could do, and that was forward. There was, not, no, there was no alternative. If God did not come through, I was gone. I was finished. And you know, that's what faith is. You know, it's the same thing is that with a relationship with God, we can't just go to God and say, oh yeah, let's, let's try God. You know, I, I've been to evangelical meetings and it quenches my heart when people, when we try to do the altar call, we say, let's try, I think you should, let's try Jesus. You try so many other things in the world that didn't work. Let's try, give Jesus a try. It never works. Amen. It's 100%. Okay. But, back, but, but this guy, Cornelius, you know, he was a gatekeeper so to speak, for the gospel into the whole new world. Up until that point, the gospel has only been, been, been preached to Jewish people. We know that after this incident here, Peter is actually called to the elders and to give an account of why did you preach the gospel to these people. They were Gentiles. And when Peter tells them about the dream and you know, the vision he had about the unclean animals that came down and so on and so forth, but why, how, but how did that breakthrough happen? Through, through the prayers and arms of Cornelius. And that's where I learned this thing that every time I need a breakthrough, and I can promise you I need many of them, that it has always been like in that way, that once I prayed, now I'm asking, where can I sow a seed? 
Amen. It's so important because it's spiritual and natural. And, and sometimes we say, oh, but it's all spiritual, but matters is all spiritual. Matter. You know, the Bible does not teach that. You know, there are worship songs that say, all I need is Jesus. That's not true. Okay? Matthew 6 says that's not true. Because with Matthew 6 says, God knows that you need all the other things, which is the physical things, okay? And so, so, when, so, so, and so the power of a believer, the power for your breakthrough, the power of my breakthrough, lies in the seed that we have already been entrusted. Amen. The seed that we have already been entrusted. So, so, so he says, and he said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard. And your arms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Your physical gifts, God has recognized it. Do you know that the woman with the two minds, when she threw them in the bucket, she caught the attention of Jesus. The woman who anointed Jesus with the expensive perfume, someone made the calculation, I don't know how they did it, but they say something like nearly a year's salary that that perfume costed. But when she extravagantly anointed Jesus with that, she got the attention of Jesus. And what did Jesus say about this woman? When everywhere this gospel is preached, that woman should be mentioned. Okay? And so, so there's something in our natural sacrifice that when you are in a situation where you need the attention of God, there's something that God has given in your hand that can, that can get you his attention. That is called a seed. Amen. And I'm telling you that, no, by the way, just to finish with this thing with, with 20p there, okay? So after I've been through the humiliating thing where everyone now knew what I have been given and so on, you know, when I came home the next day, and so you see this many years ago, we still got mail. You know, you know mail, you know, the one with the envelopes. And, uh, and in that envelope, there was a check of 200 pounds. So that was 20 p that became 200 pounds. But you know, it would not have happened if I had not left sown the seed. Okay? I had, because what, what did that seed have to do? I, it had to die. You know, but you and I, we are, we are result of an expression of the faith of our Heavenly Father. When he looked at us in the world after Adam had sinned, he looked at a world that was in sin, that was lost. And for him to regain that world that was lost, he, what did he do? He sowed a seed. He had to lose control, lose influence over that seed. That was his son. When, that's why Jesus was three days in hell. Okay? The three days... Jesus was in hell, God had no influence. That's why there's only once, remember what Jesus says on the cross? Say, he didn't say my father, he said my God. All other places Jesus say my father. He teaches him how should we pray, our father. He say, father, I've done this, father, I only do what my father showed me. But on the cross, what is it? When, when your sin, when my sin is put upon Jesus, I say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
where connection was put, was 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 terminated for for what is like when you and when I gave a 20 p so to speak I lose influence of that seed. You know the seed lose can lose can leave your hand so to speak, but it will never leave your life. And when Jesus he was pulled down, you have to understand righteous people could not go to hell. You have to understand that. You know, if you are a righteous person, you could not go to hell. You know, I told you. So, so, so how could Jesus go to hell? It was because of our sin was laid upon him. So he was made sin. Do you understand? Just like you and I, when we get born again, we were made righteous. You know, we, 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 our righteousness did not come from within, just like the sin on Jesus did not come from within. Our sin comes from within when we are born, physically. But Jesus, it was our, it, the sin was laid upon him. And when the devil saw him as a sinner, and he could therefore pull him in. And in these three days he took the punishment for our sin. But because Jesus was not a sinner, God could after three days, he said, now... The price has been paid. And he could legally go into hell and say, and resurrect him. Where Jesus, he was made the lowest of the lowest, not in, not in, not in Abraham's bosom, but in hell. Okay? So you can understand now the agony, you know, maybe just a little image of the agony that Jesus went through when, when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, but it's an image of from God's point of view that for if you want to redeem things, if you want a breakthrough in your life, maybe you have prayed like Cornelius have done, but the second part of it is you need to sow a seed. Uh, the sowing of the seed is really your faith expressed. And I know that is, unfair, that is not very common in our world because we are still living in this culture, this world where it's all about is the thought that counts. And we know very well when we have children that's not true. You try that at Christmas. Noah, mom and dad wants you have this. And then the next way is it? It's the thought that counts. He could not care less about how good faults you have. He wants it here. Amen. And I don't think he's any different from any of us. It's we don't believe in the fault because we want substance. Amen. And it's the same thing that you know, the prayer you pray is a, is a part, it's a very important part like Cornelius here. And then the second part is the alms. He gave. Okay. You know, prayer... When it's done right, it's a part of dying. Do you understand? You know, because when you, the prayer is when you come into the presence of God. For you to be able to be in the presence of God, your flesh has to die. That's why if you read about Smith Wigglesworth, there was this young man, you know, no one could pray with Smith Wigglesworth. Because when he started praying, the presence of God became so strong in the room that other people couldn't stay there. And this young man, he, he was so determined, he said, if I have to die, I die, I'm going to stay there in that room. After five minutes, he was crawling out of the room because the presence of God was so heavy. Okay, So prayer is a part of dying. In, you know, so there's always a death when you pray. 
always because the prayer is a part of yielding. You let it go of yourself when you get into the presence of God. And the, the arms that we're giving is a natural reaction of what you do because when you when you sow short term, it looks like a pain. It looks like a loss. Okay, in the world we can call it investment. When you invest short term, it looks like a loss. But long term, it becomes a gain. That's why that you know, and this is really what Mark 4 talks about is that kind of attitude and mentality we need to think in that way, that there is a natural part of sowing, that is a natural part of dying. Why? Because we are supposed to operate in the resurrection power. We're not supposed to operate just in power, we're supposed to operate in God's resurrection power, which means there has to be a death. And to finish this thing about Jesus, so you can notice that after Jesus had been to hell, after three days, now from that moment on, Jesus is called, he is the firstborn of, the, of many brethren. Okay? It actually says, I think it's in Hebrew, it talks about, to this day I have begotten you. Okay, that is after the sin had been laid upon him, and when God says, now the price has been paid for our sin. And you will see all through, that with breakthroughs, with everything, for it is, it's always a sacrifice connected to it. There's always a seed connected to it. You see, Abraham, he had the, uh, the son of the promise, Isaac, what happened for, for you know? But you have to understand what, what was the promise to Abraham. The promise to Abraham was not Isaac. Was was not just a son. What did God say to Abraham? You will have children as the moon, uh, as the stars in the sky, and the sand in the land. And you know, yeah. And here in front of him, he had Isaac. But how did he, how did he because uh, how did that happen? What God said because Isaac had to be sacrificed. Did you know the Bible actually, you know, this is actually interesting, no one teaches this, but you can, that can be your homework. Sarah and Abraham, they didn't live together after the incidents with Isaac. So, which means Sarah was not really in on it. Now, she lived a different place, but you can find that out in your, your own Bible. But there was a sacrifice involved. And this is the day that, you know, Jesus says every day, you know, what, what should we do as Christians every day? Daily take up your cross. Daily take And you know what? It is, it is in that place you find a breakthrough. It is in that place you find the victory. You, know, that you, you don't find the victory in just shout louder or just sing louder or just, you know, that's a good part of it. That's a part of it, yes, but it's not it. It's the sacrifice we need to reintroduce. You know, you can be the most gifted person in the world in any anything, any area, but that gift will never manifest to its potential unless you add sacrifice, dedication to it. I'm telling you that you can take any sports athlete, maybe even any musician and so, and they will all tell you, if you ask them, when they were young, there was someone more gifted than them. They'll say we were not the best one. So we say so 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 when we ask questions, so why did you make it and why did we not make it? And we said, because I was willing to pay the price. Amen. 
You know, but uh, Catherine Kuhlman, uh, when she gives us uh, testimony, she said that she was God's fourth choice. She was not God's first choice, so to speak. Yeah, I, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if that is true or not, but I think what she's trying to say, she's trying to prove a point. Okay? That she said there are other people who have the same calling, but they were not willing to pay the price. The price became too high. You know, when marriages don't work, why? They don't want to pay the price. When relationships don't work, wake up, they don't want to pay the price. Why? Because it's more important to be right. Amen? You can't argue with someone who's dead. Amen? But why do people, why do relationships break up? Because it's more important to be right. No, so what if your wife die and keep a relationship? Or be right and losing it? Okay, and, but, but anyway, so, his, so the, the gifts were, 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 were remembered. So remember, every time you sow a seed, it's remembered in heaven. And you know that when God remembers it, that means you have his attention. And when you have his attention, nothing is impossible. Amen. Nothing. Is in, when you have his attention, I remember when we got married, uh, as you heard me share that before, it, it cost, our wedding cost us 20 pounds. We prayed and we sold 20 pounds. That was all. And then I'm telling you, God just provided. There was a photographer, a professional photographer flown in from Africa. There was a baker who baked this huge wedding cake. Um, there was a, a doctor who called me out of the blue and said, Oh, I'm buying your wedding suit. And it was just like crazy, 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 crazy what happened. But, it was, but you know what? We sold a seed of 20 pounds. That was all we had at the time. You know, it was a seed. And I'm telling you, with everything that you do in your life, that you know, you can, if you sow a seed, I'm telling you, you start seeing it grow. You start seeing it grow. You start seeing when you start studying church history, you'll see it all starts with someone sacrifice a seed. Uh, I was rereading this old book with uh, Pastor Young too called uh, "Prayer: The Key to Revival," and uh, and there's a time in that you know I I you know I I love Pastor Young wife. You know, uh, I, I just, uh, I, you know, she's just interesting. You know, so when he's in big financial need for the church, you know, and uh, and he's praying, and he's praying, he's praying, he's praying. When his wife comes in to the room, he's praying in and say to him, "If you leave now, you can catch the last plane out of Korea." You know, before he got arrested. Us. <laughs> what a kind of support! Another time when she she had some some hair some uh, skin disease, Pastor uh, Young wife, and he's praying for her, and then she didn't get healed, and then he get angry. So he says, why don't you get healed? And when, he, when she says to him, why don't you preach better so I can get some faith? <laughs> I love her. Anyway, but in, in, in that prayer meeting where they really, where he, there is a woman, <clears throat> and she comes, to Pastor Yonko and saying, you know, I don't have much. She had, uh, you know, he had some saying Korea was very, very poor at that time, just after the Korean War. 
and uh, so she came this is all i have is was her used rice bowl and her chopsticks that was all she had and he said i want to give it and in the midst of that there was a businessman who got so touched with that and when he said i will buy that for a million dollars and when it suddenly just bang it exploded okay it starts with a sacrifice it starts with we sow a seed and you know what and that is in our hands to do that's why when that when we when you're in it when when you take offerings when you take uh, uh, most churches is always something about that this is just something that needs to be done and when we can all try to ignore it when they go no it's the most important part because that's where you have the ability to transform and change your future amen you know if you have a seed in your hand you know if you know if your life today is a result of the seeds that you have sown that means that if you have a seed in your hand today if today is a result of yesterday tomorrow will be a result of what you do today so when you have a, so that means when you have a seed you hold your future in your hand amen you have you know you no, we, we, we need to get beyond this thing. Oh, it's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. Just blame it on God if it doesn't work. No. When God made it possible for you to hold your destiny in your hands. Do you know that many people today in the body of Christ in the Western Church, they look at God just like people look in the world on the benefit system or the way the world mentality. That is someone else's responsibility for why I should be happy. Okay, no, it's my responsibility. It's someone else's responsibility for me to be happy at work. No, it's your responsibility. Amen. You cannot transform other people, but you can transform yourself. You cannot change their behavior, but I can change my reaction. Amen. So, but, but the thing is that when, when, when you and I, we got saved, now, God gave us the ability to, to hold the destiny, our destiny, in our hands. Amen? Not just, let's see what happens, or if God wills and so on. No, you got it in your hand. Why? Because he gave you seeds. He gave you seeds in your hand. Now, what do you do with it? Do you eat the seed, or do you sow the seed okay that's up to each one of us and now again and that's where we need the holy spirit for wisdom and guidance because sometimes people i've seen that so many times people they eat their seed and sow what they're supposed to eat okay and and, and both things ends up in disaster that's why we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And this is why that you have to understand that we have a relationship with Jesus. And now you have to understand a relationship with Jesus is a relationship. Christianity is not a science. Okay? And what I mean by that, that you cannot, there's no, there's no such thing as a mechanism and say, like I used to be, I used, when I was a believer, I used to grow up on teaching like five, scripts, five steps how to 
get prayer answered or five steps to this. And what happened was that they tried to figure God out in and put him in some kind of model or scientific model. It does not work. You can see it even in the Bible. You know, Jesus, he says to one, that if you, can't, if you don't uh, take care of your own, you're worse than the Gentiles. And then there's another man who says, you know, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I'll just need to go home, bury my, my, my folks and say, you know, that uh, you're not worthy of following me. You know, so, yeah, Jesus, which one, are we, which one are we taking? Because it's relationship. It's not a science. Okay? You can say the right thing at the wrong time, and it's terrible. Okay? You can, and you can, you know, there's, there's some people, have you, have you noticed, don't ever speak to them before lunch. Wait until they have eaten. They're far easier to talk to after they've eaten. Okay? Some people they are very grumpy when they are hungry. So don't talk to them when they are grumpy. So if you want them to do something for you, you need to wait until they have eaten or something. That's called an art. This is relationships. Okay? Uh, science is like, it doesn't matter when it is, we just do like these five steps and then you know it's an art. Okay? Okay, anyway, so, 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 so your destiny, your future is in your hands today. Uh, amen? So, so don't be a victim and just say, uh, you know, because it's not just like, oh yeah, if God wills. No, God have already said, I will. Do you understand? We, we don't need to wait to know the will of God. He has already written it down for us. What He will give you what your hearts desire. So when you say, yeah, but what does, why does my life not look like this? And it now as maybe there's a seed that needs to be sown. Maybe there's a seed I need to sow. Why am I not debt free? Maybe there's a seed that needs to be sown. Why is that breakthrough with this area? Maybe there's a seed that needs to be sown. Because God has already given you everything in your life for you to be everything that he wants you to become. It's already in there. When you and I, we got born as babies, you know, you were already born with all the bones. Okay? Every, everything in your body that, that was needed for you to live a whole life was already in the body. It's not something that, that gets added to you as you grow older. It's already there. When you and I, we get born again, Everything for you and I to, to fulfill our ways with Jesus is already in our lives. But many of these things might be there in seed form. And that's why I believe that many people, actually I was just thinking about that, but you know that the wise men who came two years later to see Jesus, they recognized him as the king. But I don't think the people in Nazareth we recognize Jesus as the king. He was this child where no one really knew who his father was. That's why the Pharisees, they say, we know who our father is. Remember he said that because they were questioning who his birth... Everyone knew Joseph was not his biological dad. Okay? But now the seed, so to speak, is a seed of seed was in right in their midst. But they didn't recognize it. Many of times, when I'm in a situation where I need to, I always ask. This is where I pray the prayer in Ephesians one over your own life over and over and over again. Because of, so because I ask God, God, where is the seed that I need to sow? What what seed do I need to sow? Okay, 
and and so and uh, and when the last part of what I want to is whispering. If you probably heard whispering about sowing in good fields, okay. Now you have to understand. I think people are taught that wrongly. Uh, I remember many years ago there was a preacher, and he really messed it up. But he messed up in a big deal, and so there's a lot of debt. Uh, involved in it, so I remember I called a few churches and asked them if they would help to con to cover that preacher's debt. And one church leader, she said this. I remember it still. She said, "No, we won't give to that because it's not a good field." Okay, and I remember I got so annoyed by it, and that made me start thinking about it. And that's where God showed me this thing that when you sow in good ground, so to speak, it has nothing to do with who you give it to. It has to do with the heart that you give it with. Do you understand? So like, let's say Rebecca on the street, let's say you you have on your heart to give to that person, yeah, most likely they'll go down and buy some alcohol for it or whatever, but that's not your concern. You know, so some people, they say to themselves, I will not give to them because it's not good Round. No, that's wrong. Okay? If you give it with a heart that is right, you're giving it, you're sowing in good, in good ground. It's not about the receiver. And, and I can give you an example for why I believe this is true. When our Heavenly Father, He looked at us, we were not good ground, any of us. Amen. But why did He produce a harvest? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That was the heart. He gave it with a heart of love. Amen? And because of that, he sowed in good ground. Amen? But it's that, it's that seed thing. And now, but because the devil had tried to destroy that teaching because of there's been so many, especially Chile evangelists, who's trying to abuse this teaching about, you know, so here and so there and so here. No, that, that's not how it works, okay? The initiative should come from yourself. It should not come from someone who manipulates you from the outside. I wrote to a TV channel many years ago and said, you know, they, have, they used to have this every year where they're asking for money and so a seed and so on. But So actually I wrote to them. It annoyed me so much at the end. So I wrote to him and said, you know, if you really believe in what you're saying, you should not ask for my money. You should ask for my address so that you can send me money. Because it's them who needed the money. Okay, we, you know, we have a target. We need this X amount of pounds or whatever it was, and then they sow a seed or whatever. If we really believe what they say, we should, we should ask for my, my address so they could send me money so they could weave what they have sown into my life, okay? And, and that is an abuse of the teaching, okay? Like, if you see Cornelius, the woman with the true mind, uh, the, the woman who anointed Jesus, they were all voluntarily given. No one told, Jesus didn't say to his mom, you need to, that's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you know, you need to sacrifice this, or you need to give this. No, it was voluntarily. And, and I believe that this is why, that with, with also with uh, Ananias and Sapphira, their heart was not right. They didn't give it to help. They, they didn't give it to support. Combined with, they were just checking it out. They were just trying it out. Okay, and it never works. 
When, when I started by typing, you know what? I didn't try it out. It was, that's it. Do you understand? And you know that, I don't know about you, but refer, in the, you know, the power in typing lies in the consistency. Do, do you understand? It does, you know, like, because you're doing it once, uh, uh, like, first time I, uh, I typed, I, I, I couldn't see anything different. I was like, but it's in the consistency that it is with many things. And you heard me say this thing, consistency is the key to excellence. Okay? But first time I time, I had it like when the Levites, because we were at sea, no, not we were, we were Jordan, sorry, that, that when, we, when Joshua led them into the promised land, and when the Levites, they were told, you know, carry the Ark of the Covenant, and he said, you know, you can actually read it, he said, when they touched the water, can you imagine you have a Levite, you told, ah, yeah, yeah. just carry this box on your shoulders and just walk into what it will just split. Yeah, yeah, we have a story from 400 years ago, 40 years ago, where, where, where great granddad or whatever, they did the same with the Red Sea and so on. Yeah, that's 40 years ago. And in their head, they were just thinking, you know, you go into the water, you get wet. And you know, the first step they did into River Jordan, do you know what happened? They got wet. First time I type, I heard about 10%. That means I 10% less. Okay? And it did happen. The first month I typed, I had 10% less. And you know, have you ever been attacked by the devil? The typing? Start calculating your type, so... Oh. <laughs> and, but what did the Levites do when we crossed River Jordan? They kept walking. We didn't pull back. And then the water split. Okay? Like, and, we, and that's the same thing with tithing when it's in the power, it's in the consistency. You know that one of the things that we, is interesting with us as human beings, we, we, we can become familiar so quick. We can be so, you know, the most spectacular thing. It can be so familiar. You know, the night before your new phone, you can't sleep all night. You, oh, you see, you Google it, you see it on your phone. And then you can sleep. After you had that phone for a week, where's my phone? Can't even find it anymore. Or people, you see wedding pictures, they're so in love. And then shortly, a, a few years later, they can't sit in the same room anymore. We become so familiar. You know, I told you about when I went to this mission to London thing where people got healed of deafness, people threw their crutches away, and all they just got healed all over the place. Monday, I was just, wow. Tuesday, wow. Wednesday, hmm. Thursday, I'm hungry. <laughs> you just got so familiar so quick. Okay? And it's the same thing in that. But because you're in an environment with the timing thing, but you, you have to, even in our little group of people, do you know, God's protection, God's health amongst us, God's blessing is uncommon if you compare. Like, as I said, as a pastor since nearly 30 years now, I have conducted one funeral. That's all. And, you know, because why? Because the blessing of God. And we must not, we cannot, we must not take these things for granted. You know, I, I still remember this guy, the pastor in Hunslet I spoke to once, 
And he said to me that something like, oh, the blessing of God on our young people here is they don't go to prison. Because, you know, Hunslet in Leeds is quite, uh, some areas are quite rough in Leeds. And uh, he, he, he said, you know, the blessing of God is that the youth, don't, they don't end up in prison. Okay. So, so don't, so, so sometimes because of, you're not, you think, oh, I'm not blessed. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And it's a part of it. Okay. But remember this thing this morning, your destiny how your life is going to turn out, it is all in your hands. It is, it is within your area of control, so to speak, because Jesus has made that possible. There is a, an old man now, he is an Australian. I think I don't know if he's Australian or American, it doesn't really matter. But uh, he became, when he became a believer, he, he, his name is, I think, Peter Daniels. Uh, he, he couldn't read. He had no education. He was, uh, say he, was, he was born in the wrong end of the city, and so on and so forth. But when he met Jesus, there was one word that came to him. That was, now I'm coming into a life of possibilities. Okay. What, what fascinated me about when I became a believer was now, like before, in the world, it was always about that, you know, that for me to get that job, I need favor with that guy. Uh, for me to get into that course, I need to speak to, meet that guy. Uh, I need to do networking, or I need to do this, that, and the other. And it was always about, it was like my life was always dependent upon someone else make a decision in my favor, so to speak. Okay? When I became a Christian, I realized. I have the favor of God. Amen. And do you know what? When, when you have the favor of God, uh, now I'm paraphrasing that in the in book of Proverbs, it says that God will even make your enemies work for you. Amen. Which means I am in control of my life. So when the day I go home to Jesus, I can't say to Jesus, Jesus, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I go and do that? And you told me to do this because he have already put it all into my life. But for, for it to happen, it requires faith. And the faith is expressed in very often, do I recognize the seeds that he put into my life that I need to sow? Okay. And sometimes during that journey, there will be inconvenience. There will be some times where, oh, this is really, this is like a roller coaster. Wow, wow, how do you do this? But it's fate. But it's in your, it is, is in, it is in your area of control. When I go before Jesus and Jesus said, you know what? And Jesus said, Kurt, this is what I wanted to do. Why didn't you do this? And I say, I could, I can't say to Jesus, it's your fault because you didn't make it happen. He did make it happen. But it's, it requires faith for me to see the seed, and it requires faith for me to sow the seed, okay? And that's all of us. We all, it's, it's already been given into our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.